Henry Kissinger, one of the most controversial and powerful figures in American politics, is dead. Kissinger was an American diplomat and political scientist. He served as National Security Advisor and Secretary of State under two presidents. And his career is full of a lot. Some laudable achievements, such as normalizing relations with China, but also full of some actions that many call war crimes. Many of you watching are 100% positive that Henry Kissinger is a war criminal. Others might see Kissinger as a brilliant leader who helped the US navigate very uncertain times during the Cold War. I actually met Henry Kissinger once. Uh, I was working at a think tank in DC where he was a counselor and trustee. And frankly, I didn't glean much about this guy's character in our little meeting. But since then, we've gotten to know him, at least his career. We've studied him and his actions, both the good and the bad. So today I wanna to look at this man, Henry Kissinger. I wanna look at what he did and evaluate what we can learn from this person who, for better or worse, has played an influential role in how American power is wielded on the global stage. On this, perhaps the most gentle and graceful land in all of Asia, President Nixon and Mr. Kissinger unleashed 100,000 tons of bombs. Henry Kissinger was born on May 27, 1923 in Germany. When he was a teenager, his family left Germany for the United States, fleeing oppression from the Nazis. He went to Harvard and later was drafted into the army during World War II, serving in a counterintelligence role. After the war, he returned to Harvard and pursued a PhD in political science. Kissinger made a name for himself as a political theorist and author. He focused on the role of nuclear weapons and this new geopolitics that had emerged after World War II. He studied a political philosophy called Realpolitik, which emphasizes how countries gain power by reacting practically to conflicts and situations as opposed to based on ideology or values. But from my reading, what made Kissinger powerful was his ability to connect with people, to network in Washington, DC. That was perhaps his greatest asset and the thing that kept him close to power. This was later exemplified by the fact that Kissinger served under both Republican and Democratic presidents. You can start to see Kissinger's realpolitik and networking skills in full action well before he ever stepped foot in the White House. According to this archived document from Nixon's chief of staff, early in his career when he was working for the Democratic president LBJ as an advisor on Vietnam, he cozied up to the Democrats' political opponent, Richard Nixon, who was running for president. So he cozies up to Nixon and conspires to pass Nixon information about secret Vietnam War peace talks happening in Paris. Nixon could potentially use this information that he got from Kissinger to prevent the peace talks from going well, which in turn would make the Democrats look bad, since they were the ones in power, and help pave the way for Nixon to win the presidency. Now, there's a significant debate on whether or not all of this sort of backroom deal thing had any impact on the peace talks. But what I care about in this little story is what it shows about Henry Kissinger, that he was willing to go to these lengths to betray the president he was working for and to cozy up to a candidate who he hated but thought could potentially win the presidency. To pass on information that could potentially compromise the peace talks that might end the war in Vietnam. Anyway, the peace talks did indeed break down. The day before the presidential election, no less. Nixon ended up winning. And Kissinger, this political theorist turned power-hungry networker, had shown that he was willing to sabotage peace talks in the name of gaining favor in the eyes of a powerful man. Nixon appointed Kissinger as his national security advisor, giving him an unprecedented level of control. 
control over what he could use the American power machine to do on the global stage, all in the name of national security. Now listen, most of us weren't alive at this time, so we don't really know what this was like to live during the 60s and 70s, when kind of everything was about the Cold War and specifically Vietnam. So now you have Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon overseeing this war. It was a war that was no closer to ending. A war that, remember, these two conspired to lengthen so that together they could end it and score Nixon political points. And this leads us to perhaps the most infamous of Kissinger's sins. There's a reason why Anthony Bourdain said, quote, once you've been to Cambodia, you'll never stop wanting to beat Henry Kissinger to death with your bare hands. That's because in March 1969, Kissinger directed the U.S. Air Force to fly over Vietnam's neighbor, Cambodia, a neutral third party, and to drop bombs everywhere. President Nixon and Mr. Kissinger unleashed 100,000 tons of bombs, the equivalent of five Hiroshima's. The bombing was their personal decision, illegally and secretly. They bombed Cambodia, a neutral country, Back to the Stone Age. The goal was to eliminate North Vietnamese supply lines and strongholds that were in Cambodia. But the response was carpet bombing. Carpet bombing is indiscriminate. It has unknown targets, which means that civilians usually get caught in the crossfire. So now you have B-52s raining down hell from the sky at all hours of the day. Homes were reduced to rubble. Entire villages were turned immediately into refugees. And what the record shows, that came out later, is that all of this, this indiscriminate bombing, this slaughter from above, was approved by, and then concealed, by Henry Kissinger. This map that you're looking at is not some stylized representation of this. This is actual data. We have the data of every bomb hundreds of thousands of bombs that were dropped on Cambodia during this time. All in all, at least 100,000 Cambodians died in all of this. Two million were made homeless, and this is in a country of only seven million people. In total, the U.S. dropped 2,756,000 tons of bombs on Cambodia. Many of these bombs went undetonated, turning the country into a minefield of undetonated explosives that still exist today. And perhaps more significantly, contributing to the destabilizing of this country, making way for a violent communist party to rise to power with a vengeance, leading to a mass genocide. All of this happened in secret, without the approval of Congress. It was Henry Kissinger, this one man, wielding his deftly gotten power to ruthlessly get what he wanted at any cost. As the endless war was near its end, peace negotiations kept breaking down. In response, Kissinger sent another round of brutal bombings around Christmas 1972 in an effort to force the North Vietnamese back to the negotiating table. And I'm not exaggerating here. Like Kissinger literally said, quote, we bombed the North Vietnamese into accepting our concessions. Some historians argue that the bombings had little effect on the peace talks and instead only resulted in more pain, more death, and more destruction. And yet, this is where the story takes an insane turn. The next year, Henry Kissinger was given a Nobel Peace Prize for brokering the ceasefire in Vietnam, an award given to him for ending a war that didn't actually end. 
an award that his North Vietnamese counterpart would decline. Two members of the Nobel Peace Committee resigned in protest because of this. It is as if everyone at the Olympic Stadium joined in carrying an athlete on their shoulders in an endless triumphal procession without pausing to realize that in fact he had won no gold medals at all. And Kissinger himself even felt weird about this and offered to give the medal back to the committee. Okay, this is one of the great parodies of the modern era that this ever happened, but it doesn't end here. In Chile in 1970, Kissinger directed the CIA to destabilize the country and seek to overthrow its recently elected socialist president. The coup attempt failed here, but it eventually did lead to the assassination of a Chilean general. The president was eventually overthrown and replaced by this Chilean general who would go on to kidnap, murder, and torture his political opponents. But because he wasn't a communist, Kissinger turned a blind eye. In fact, one of the features of Henry Kissinger during his time was cozying up to dictators all around the world, all in the name of securing America's place as the global superpower. He pledged his support for this Indonesian military dictator as he was invading East Timor using American weapons. We have this declassified document of the conversation between Kissinger and this military dictator. Kissinger telling this military dictator to move fast on his invasion and to not be too obvious about the fact that he's using US military weaponry in support. The dictator did move fast and soon was exterminating hundreds of thousands of people. Kissinger and his big powerful apparatus standing by to watch what they had sponsored. While illegally bombing Cambodia, Kissinger also oversaw illegal bombings in Laos. He supported Pakistan in their genocide against Bangladesh. He supported Turkey as they invaded Cyprus. He helped kick off US dependence on Saudi Arabia for oil in exchange for selling them weapons, a relationship that we're still bound to today. He supported coups and death squads across Latin America, and the list goes on and on and on. I won't have it from him that he's doing this against communism. It's just another of the constituents of the gigantic lie that constitutes his reputation. He's a thug, and a crook, and a liar, and a pseudo-intellectual, and a murderer, okay? All of those things are factually verifiable. Factually verifiable. I mean, listen, it was the Cold War. Like, again, none of us can really capture what that was like. You had two superpowers racing to see who could get more nuclear weapons. There was real fear here, and leaders had to make very difficult decisions. Defenders of Kissinger see all of this behavior that I've listed as just a leader living in the Cold War, having to do what it takes to avoid nuclear conflict or a communist takeover, a vital elder statesman serving America and making impossible decisions along the way. But the most vociferous critics tend to see the opposite, an evil genius who was given the full arsenal of American power, which he then wielded to achieve his grand vision of how the world should look. But when you look at the arc of Henry Kissinger's career, neither of these characterizations hold. He was not a master strategist or an unparalleled genius. In fact, he's a guy full of contradictions. He conspired to extend the Vietnam War despite thinking that the war was foolish. He joined the Nixon White House despite long maintaining that Richard Nixon was not presidential material. He orchestrated these increased bombings of Vietnam and Cambodia despite all evidence indicating that the US could not win this war. A reminder that Henry Kissinger grew up being bullied and beaten up for being a Jew in Nazi Germany. And then he fled that brutality to come to the United States where he studied how power works between countries, but also between people. He used those skills to navigate himself into standing in the most powerful places in the world, 
next to the most powerful people in the world, the most powerful military in the world at his disposal, and the permission to use it as he saw fit. Henry Kissinger knew what it took to stay on top. And what it took was shifting alliances, secret bombing campaigns, sabotaging peace talks, supporting dictators abroad, and the list goes on. I guess the point here is that Henry Kissinger's master guiding principle was to have no guiding principle. He infused that into his leadership, into his decisions, leading to the destruction of many lives around the globe, ripples that are still felt today. Even if Henry Kissinger were still alive, I believe he would never face true accountability for his actions. He played the game too well. He's too liked by powerful people on both sides of the aisle. But ultimately, if we can learn anything from this, the death of Henry Kissinger gives us an opportunity to appreciate what can happen when too much power is concentrated in the hands of one man. Thank you all for watching. Um, today's video is not sponsored. We actually made it many months ago and uh, published it today uh, for obvious reasons. Um, if you want to support the channel and the journalism we do here, you can go to the newsroom, which is a place where you can get behind the scenes of how we do what we do here. You can get access to my scripts. You can get uh, music that you can use on your videos if you're into that. And you can just support the hard work we do here to tell stories that are journalistically rigorous and fact-checked and all of those things that are required. Um, that is patreon.com slash Johnny Harris. That is the newsroom. And I appreciate all of those who are supporters. And um, thank you all for being here. And subscribe if you're not already. And I'll see you in the next one.